Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is one half of the podcast, So Problematic, Miss Cece. Thank you for joining me. No problem. Thank you for having me. Oh, oh yeah. It's, it's good to finally catch up with you because you, you're a busy working woman. I know. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> life be life, okay? <laughs> for real. I was telling, I was telling uh, Jay, I was like, look, we got to hurry up, get this recorded because I got a great episode that I'm sitting on with her. And I'm like, man, I got to get this out. <laughs> yeah, she was telling me about it. She was like, I can't wait for you to hear it. I'm like, I know it's dope because she got a lot to say. And I'm sure for a fact that you had a lot of good questions for her, too. Yeah, I appreciate it. But <laughs> when I when I listen to your podcast, when you're on her mm-hmm. podcast, when I listen to it, it seems like you are more the person that asks the questions and she answers it. Is that fair? I would say that, yeah. <laughs> Did you guys set it up that way or? No, actually, um, I mean, I always have the questions because I'm a, I'm a really deep thinker and she's a very good talker. So I think that that collaboration kind of works for us because as I come up with the questions I'm like I know she got an answer so let me just say what's on my mind because I'm the typical I'm the type of person that I normally hold my thoughts in or I write them down and I don't share with nobody so that was the whole purpose of us collabing together and doing this podcast because I know she's a good talker and I know she always has answers for everything (laughs) when did you see lady start the podcast (laughs) um we just we going on our second year I come I think May yeah Something like that. It was. It's been since the pandemic, though. Okay. So I think it's been two years. When I listen, and also when I listen, I like. I feel like your 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 podcast, you and her podcast, is like a therapy session. Really, I appreciate that. I mean, um, we want to we want to be relatable for for sure, but I think that we also speak our minds, and we also come from like real life situations. So we hope that somebody is relating to that in some kind of form or fashion. I mean, after you, after you ladies record, do you feel better? Like, cause that's the vibe I get. Oh, definitely. Listen, every time, let me tell you something, every time we finish recording and I turn it off and we both look at each other like, all right, well, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, we got it off our chest. And let's just go on to let's go on about our day. That's it. Oh, so you you two record in the same room? Yeah, about I'd say eighty five percent of the time we record together. She lives like twenty minutes, fifteen minutes away from me. So yeah. Hmm. So does that make it more difficult recording together, or actually no? Um, it actually makes it really easy because we pick up off of each other's energy. Um, I could I could feel when she doesn't want to talk about something or she could feel like, let's talk more about it. Like, because I could sit and I can look at her here and we, it's just the energy thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, to me, I think it's better. But like when she's at her house, something might distract her. And I'm looking at her like, oh, we're supposed to be looking at the camera. Hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> But she's too busy looking at herself 
on the little Zoom little thing right here. I just like, uh-uh, no, look at us. So, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really different when you record in person because, like you said, that energy you 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 can actually feed off each other better. Yeah, definitely, and I feel like that's what we do. That's why a lot of people can. Uh, we've actually heard that before, but it's like for for us, that's what works. And if she was to ever move away, or I was to ever move away, I don't know what we gonna do. Wow, really? So if you you saying you two wouldn't record anymore if one of you moved? I, we, I mean, we would. But I feel like that connection that we have when we're together would definitely just bring us out more. So if we were to ever separate, I think that would be a little difficult. Who who approached who first about recording the podcast? I did. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> I got excited. Um, so the thing was, I'm a talker, right? But I'm a personal talker. I like to talk face to face. That's where you get the real CC. And when I'm around people, I'm quiet, but I'm always thinking and I have questions. And then like, so me and Jill met at work and she was always a talker, but she was always somebody I could share my thoughts with. Like if I think of something crazy or have a crazy, crazy question, she would always answer. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And it was always a back and forth thing with us. So I just was like, one day, I was like, I should do a podcast, but I need somebody who's a talker. I called her and I said, Jill, what you doing? She was like, nothing, you know, just lifing. Okay. Um, so we about to start a podcast. I ain't, that's all I said. I didn't even really ask her. I was like, we about to start a podcast. And she was like, oh, okay. I said, I'm going to give you some time to think about it. Okay, and then I was like, I'm going to call you in a couple of days and let me know when you're ready to start. And that's how it went. She called, literally called me a couple of days later. She was letting me know about her situation with her ex-husband. And I was like, you know what? That's perfect because that's, that could be therapy for you to just talk about it. And I said, if it's an episode that we record that you don't want to let out, we don't have to let it out. And that's how it went. Mm-hmm. I, we, we started talking before... Um before we started recording. And one of the things I mentioned was I wanted to get you ladies separate because I think you both have an interesting journey that, that people will want to hear. But mm-hmm. let me ask, is it hard for you two to record separately with like on another podcast? No, not at all. I mean, we have two different situations going on here. So she has her story to tell and I have mine. So it's not going to be always where we're going to be recording together and we just recently talked about us you know maybe sometimes having to happen to record with other podcasters separately we both agree on it we're always going to make sure that we agree on something first before doing it so um because this is a team so yeah we both said hey that's cool somebody hit you up go ahead i listened to your last episode it was really good and you were talking, you both were talking about something really interesting. You were talking mm-hmm. about living through love and survival. Mm-hmm. You actually had said you lived through survival. You grew up yeah. in survival. So I wanted you to talk more about that. So I basically lived with two parents in the home, but um, there was really no structure or guidance. Um, there was no nurturing no um, communication, no 
at like no safety zone for children. So I feel like um, I, I technically had to become a parent before I became a parent. And I was surviving. I was making sure that my siblings were eating while I was feeding my own child. I was making sure that, you know, I got to doctor's appointments by bus rather than, you know, having parents take you. Like it was to me, it was just like that. And then parents who struggled financially, I couldn't go to them and ask them for money. I couldn't go to them and say, hey, you know, prom is coming up and I want this or my birthday or my Christmas list. Matter of fact, I, I honestly didn't even give them Christmas list every year. That's how bad it was. Like, that's how I knew, like, okay, times are hard. Let me not ask for anything because we got six miles to feed or whatever it was in the house. Were you the oldest? It was always a, huh? You were the oldest? I was the second oldest, but my my stepbrother at the time, he was in prison. So technically I was the oldest at the time in the house. Okay, okay. Man, that's, yeah. that's uh, like, did that, did, because of all these things, would you say it took a toll on your mental health? Oh, definitely. Um, I would probably say I had a breaking point a few times in my life, um, especially being a teen mom. That was definitely a toll. Uh, looking for love on the outside because I wasn't getting it in the inside. Um, and also dealing with my siblings and because they became a part of me as like my children, I had to deal with the fact that I eventually had to leave them in order for me to go live my life. So I had moments of like just breaking down because I didn't know which route to go, who to talk to, and who to trust. I had trust issues. Mm. So yeah, I definitely had moments like my mental was just not there. I, had, I started drinking, smoking, you know, and I ain't gonna say I didn't, I didn't do no drugs, but you know, it's just me just, I think that I tried to escape through living through the fast life. Mm. And that's kind of like, it, it, it was short lived. Cause I was like, I was like, oh, Cece, wake up. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's how I kind of tried to escape it. And so I, I met a few people in my life that kind of like mentored me, helped me out, talked to me. So. How old were you when you had that awakening? Uh, I want to say maybe 19, 20 is when it really like, I was like, uh, uh-uh, let me, let me wake up, change. I had a child, um, that I had to like really look at. I had to look him in his face one day and I was like, yo, what am I doing? Like I, I have somebody that's dependent on me. And at the same time, I was going through the court system because daddy wanted to take him full custody from me. Mm. so I, I had to battle that and look at myself and be like nah let me get my life together what was his reasoning for wanting to, wanting to take full custody his reason was um, he felt like I was an unfit mother um, he felt like you know he could take care of the child better than me and he didn't want to be on child support those are the top three I could think of Mm. I, I I know it's I know it's tough to imagine, but because it was a boy, did you ever consider that maybe it was best for him to be with his father? Yes and no. Only because he was still young. He still he okay, so 
yes, because he was a boy, but no, because the things that I had dealt with in the beginning of his life, of my son's life, um, had nothing to do with our relationship. I was still living in my parents' house, so I had to abide by their rules. So the nurturing part in the first year or year and a half of his life, I couldn't give that to him because I was being told what to do with my own child. So I felt like, no, since I'm out of the house, now I can nurture him the way I, I want to nurture him and he can stay with me. But, you know, dad wasn't trying to hear that. He didn't know the things that I was going through inside of the house. He just knew that he wanted his child out of them circumstances, which is why I left. Did you have any fear leaving? Did I have fear of leaving? Yeah, leaving the house because you moved out early. No, I didn't know where I was going, though. I'll tell you this. I packed my stuff and was walking down the street with a child on my hip and a luggage, just one luggage bag. Didn't know where I was staying. I figured maybe one of my cousin's houses, auntie house. I didn't know where I was going. I literally just, I got fed up, packed my stuff, and walked down the street. That's how I left my house. So where did you end up going? I ended up staying with a friend. I stayed with her for a little while. Um, I stayed there until my cousin found me. And she was like, oh, no, you can come stay with me. So me and my son went to her. But that was the start of, that was the start of his dad. Like, oh, you keep jumping from house to house. And you're an unfit mother, so let me take you to court. And he, had, I'm like, listen, I'm only 17. I'm still, I'm still trying to get my life together. I just started getting my life together. So what do you expect? So a part of me was like, so this is what happened. Um, I stayed, and this is my story, so I might as well tell it. I stayed in a hotel for a little while after li- leaving the friend's house because eventually something happened with her rent. I don't think she paid a rent. But I ended up leaving and staying in the hotel. I called his dad and I said, hey, I don't want this for him. Yes, come and get him, but it's only temporary. He agreed. He was like, sure, no problem, that's fine. And that's when my cousin found me and she was like, no, come stay with me. I called him immediately. I said, hey, I found somewhere to stay. I can rest my head. He has a room. I'm going to stay with my cousin. No argument. It was slightly, but he was just like, okay, you found somewhere. Here you go. Here's your child. Or our child. But, um, but after that, I feel like that's when he realized, like, no, nah, I need to take my child permanently. And that was the whole back and forth thing with that. Oh, he so he did end up eventually taking the child. No, he he fought for him, but it didn't work. What made you decide that you should keep? Because you did give, you did, you did, he did keep him for a little. How long did he end up keeping him? Um, I want to say it was probably a month, maybe like, maybe six weeks, probably. It wasn't two months though, because I didn't stay in the hotel for that long. Um, once I found a job and my cousin found me, it was within within a month or two months frame that I stayed in the hotel. So by that time, the following week, once I moved in with her, he brought my, he brought my son back. So what made you decide, you know what, I should get my son back? Because 
was was he not in a stable situation or um well his dad was married okay and had other kids okay and i mean he could have taken care of him but i think it was more so of me just knowing like i could take care like i could take care of my child okay. and it was other things dealing with him and his wife that I just knew like I don't know if my child will get taken care of properly in my mind so I was like nope get my child back because I had I had a stage where I like it was a stage in my life where I was willing to sit down talk like I was very mature about the whole thing I'm like hey you got married perfectly fine let's just go sit down and talk you and your wife he never wanted to talk she never wanted to talk so I was like, okay, whatever that situation was, I just let it be. And I just was like, this is great to watch out. Thank you very much. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when, did, when would you say things finally started to change? Uh, it was constant change, to be honest with you. Um, I think that he was upset that um, he, he couldn't get off the child support. That was one thing. So um, I think also that <sighs> she had a lot to do with trying to get him full custody. Um, it's kind of hard to say without saying, but she had a hard, she, she wanted to have all his kids in one house. So a lot of the doing was also on her. Mm. Okay. I'm like, no. Yeah. Uh, man, that's uh, wow. Because I'm thinking, because I'm thinking of myself as a father. I mean, I'm having, I have a, a child, but I'm thinking uh-huh. about if I had kids, if I had a kid like outside of my marriage, uh-huh. um, would I want them all under the same roof? Um, wow. So it would depend on. It would depend on my wife, you know, uh-huh. what kind of mother she is, and can can we provide a good home and situation for the for the for my for the child I had outside of my marriage? Right. Damn, so I know, and and you have to also think that a child still needs nurturing, right, from his or her own mother. So would that be a permanent move? Or would that be like how do you have to still kind of make it 50 yeah. 50 in my eyes a, a child needs both parents so because we chose not to stay together and we chose to do our separate things we still have to go 50 50 on loving and nurturing our child and supporting our child so i was okay with because I, I obviously i was dating i was moving on with my life um i had ended up meeting my husband and he was like, and this is when he passed, this is when his father ended up passing away. And it was so crazy that it happened this way. But me and him finally had a sit down. And I think my son was like five years old, I want to say. And we finally had a sit down. We talked on the phone for a little while. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to let him have the, I'm going to let him have him for the whole summer. Whole summer. Let's start there. And then from there, we can see what goes forth from here. So that summer started, he came and got him, 
And a week, was it a week? Yeah, a week later, shot and killed. Wow. Yep. Damn. Yep. We had just planned it. We just got on the same page. We finally put our differences to the side. And I told him, I said, yeah, come and get him. I say, bring him back right before school starts. Said, okay, we agreed. Packed his bag. It came and picked him up. Was gone. Week later, I'm finding out from the news. Like, what? What you mean? Oh, wow. Then I had to go start, uh, look for my son. Because he, mm. he was at the house with the wife. Damn. So, I mean, the fact that you made, you know, you two, I mean, you, you two had a rough patch, but then you, it seemed like you finally got some peace and was willing to work together as a team. But then that unfortunate thing happened. So what kind of impact did that have on you? Um, it had a lot because I too was raised with only one biological parent. Um, my mother passed when I was 13 months in a tragic car accident. Wow, my condolences. Thank you. So, um, I was only, I only had my dad, you know, um, he got married and I had my stepmom, but it was just only him. So knowing that my child now has to deal with the same exact thing that I had to deal with, that was hard. That I I didn't know how to, I just wanted to just love on him. That's it. Give him as much love as I could. Talk to him as much as possible. Um, I mean, what else could I have done? And he was he was only five, so it was only so much to do until he was ready to understand what had happened. Mm. Man. So does he have any memories of him or? He does. And uh, he recently did therapy sessions for it. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't good memories. You said it was not good memories? Nope. Oh, man. And I, I had no idea until recently. Okay. Well, let's transition to you getting married because you did, you, you know, thankfully things started to look up and you, you found, you, you found a husband, mm-hmm. but what really struck me is interesting. You on this part, this same podcast you were talking, you mentioned that he grew up in love, correct? Yes. How, how he, was, oh, go ahead. I'm Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, he grew up in love because once I met his parents, man, I was like, I was like, is this what it's all about? I'm talking about kisses, hugs, you know, I don't know, like, I love you, um, cooking for your kids, making sure your kids eat, making sure the grandkids. It's just certain things I had seen, and I'm just like, that's love. Like taking care of the family that like, what, what, what was this in my household growing up? Hmm. Is that, I don't know if people realize, but I'm going to ask you, mm-hmm. is it hard to adjust to that? Because when you're so used to growing up a certain way and then you see something different, 
even though it could, even though it's good, it still could be a hard adjustment. So was it hard for you? It wasn't hard, but it felt weird. It felt awkward. Cause I didn't know what to do with that. Like why does, you know, especially my, my husband's um, mom just loving on me. The minute she met me, it was just straight loving. She wanted to hang out with me. She wanted to conversate with me. And I'm just like, okay. It felt weird. And I, I don't think it was hard. It just, it was really uncomfortable mostly. And I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't know how to respond to that. Hmm. What you mean? Like, you, you really want to hang out with me? Like, oh, okay. You love me. Uh, I love you too? Oh, okay. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Hmm. It, it just felt weird. Was it an adjustment for them too? I don't think so. I think it came natural to them. Like literally, his dad would be like, "What's up, daughter-in-law?" Right off the bat, wasn't even wasn't even married yet. What up, daughter-in-law? Man, I guess. I was like, I was like <laughs> yeah. I was just like, okay, uh, just automatic acceptance into the dynamic of their family. I had never really felt that before, and I already felt like an outcast because of the family I just left from, meaning like I was the only child in the house that was not my stepmom's child. So I already felt like an outcast. Uh, mm. Have you have you had a chance to go to therapy about this? Yes, I did. Is That's why good? I'm able to speak about it, you know, because most of the time I probably would have broke down crying already speaking about death and this and that, but no, I've, I've did therapy. Um, I've journaled. Journaled has definitely helped. And I have close friends that I know I can speak to some people about certain things and they're just like a listening ear for me. Was it a hard decision to go to therapy? Um, it wasn't, uh, not really, but I did feel embarrassed. Like I felt a sense of embarrassment to the point of like, why, why do I need to go talk to somebody about my feelings? Because I'm a very quiet person. I know I'm going to keep a lot of things in and I had to learn to share those feelings and those thoughts with somebody else. And I, I just felt a little uncomfortable. I had a lot of built up anger. I didn't know I had, which I knew I had, but I just, to talk about it was more like, Oh shoot. Like that was really deep within me. I had a lot of anger toward certain people. Mm. You, because your husband grew up in a loving situation, was was he was he helpful in helping you navigate your feelings and getting through this? Definitely, definitely. And I think also um, his love did, but he also had a nonchalant attitude. And I want to say that it it kind of rubbed off on me to the point where he would be like, well, why do you care about that? And I'm just like, oh, okay. And because he, he was like, do you care to the point where it's going to continue to bother you or are you going to let it go? And then I started to realize like, oh, maybe I should just let that go. And then I started not having nonchalant attitude, but more so just like, if it's not going to kill me, why am I overthinking it? Why am I, you know, trying to 
resolve issues that probably just can't be resolved with certain people. Mm. It's just interesting to hear the word nonchalant in, in a good way. <laughs> yes, I know because I care too much about people. I still do care a lot about people um, and family and friends. Um, so I tend to carry other people's like worries or burdens because I'm just like, I want to help them fix it. That's just my personality. And he saw that it was kind of draining me. And he just was like, well, what are you going to do about it? If you're not going to do nothing about it, why are you worried about it? Mm. And I'm just like, oh, okay. It's not my problem, right? Okay. You know, just sometimes you just have to be an ear for a person and not try to fix the person. And I had to carry that and be kind of nonchalant to the point of trying not to fix it. Now, how long have you two been married? 10 years. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> what, would you what would you say is the most important thing in keeping you two marriage together? For us, I would definitely say us uh, continuously dating each other, you know, communication, but mostly like we like our quality time. So us, we just like to date, even if it's just to go for a walk or to go to the movies, um, go out to dinner. We just like that a time. That's our time. And, you know, just full communication. I think communication is important. So um, those two things to me, I feel like is, is keeping us going. How often do you two date? Every Friday. Every I Friday? After that, since, since we've been together, there's only been a very few Fridays where we're like, okay, we're tired tonight. And even so, we would still sit on the couch and find a movie. And that's, to me, is still doing something together. But every Friday. Does one of you take more initiative or, or even pretty much even? Um, I would probably say he does. I would probably say he's more like 60 and I'm 40. <laughs> yeah. Because he like, he'll pick, he'll pick a like, especially if it's a movie. He'll pick it, and I just be like, oh, okay. He'll send me the trailer, whatever. And I'm just like, oh, that's a good movie, okay. I was like, what time? And he'll pick the time, all that good stuff. About 60, 40. Okay. How has being a wife helped you as a woman overall? Uh, being a wife. Uh, <laughs> um. I don't know, because I already had certain qualities about myself that I think just being a wife was a bonus, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, because I already had the nurturing side. I've already had the taking care of pers like a person's side, um, being there, a good listener, a good talker, communication, financial. I, I don't know. Like, I've already had those qualities. So, mm -hmm. yeah, he just put a ring on it. <laughs> sure I'm did. A, I want to. I want to close out with this because, man, your your story is really interesting. Thank you. At this, if you could go back and talk to that seventeen-year-old girl who was in the hotel at her lowest moment, what would you tell her? I would definitely tell her not to give up on herself, um, to definitely put herself first foremost, and to not, not dwell on the things that you've been through, 
but to look forward and look at the positive um, journey that you're about to take in your life. So definitely that, because the past was very tough, but she came through. I really want to thank you for taking the time to share your journey, because I'm going to be honest, I wasn't ready for what you told me. <laughs> I shared a lot. <laughs> but I'm glad that, you know, through it all, you, you and your son, and now you have a beautiful family and you, and you seem to be doing well. So I'm really happy for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on here. Definitely. Before we end, please tell the people how they can follow you and how they can listen to the podcast. Of course, um, you can follow me on So Problematic um, on, what is it? Underscore So Problematic on uh, IG and So Problematic on Twitter and YouTube. Um, also on Apple and Spotify. And also I have my personal page where I do makeup at uh, Beauty Slay Her. And yeah. All right. Again, I thank you for taking the time to do this. And I wish you all the best with not only the podcast, but just everything personal you got going on. Thank you so much. Thank you again for having me. Definitely. I want to take the time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp. My Facebook is also conversations with lamp. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.